Hey guys, uh, we're here today with a special episode, bonus episode, of Story of Miami. Uh, as you know, I'm Paul Crusette, and I'm here with my co-creator, Nick McRae. Say hi, Nick. Hello. Uh, we figured that we'd take a moment at the end of, now, now that season one has ended, and kind of step back and give you guys a little bit of insight into both Nick and I, and kind of why we're doing this project, and I don't know, just kind of kind of talk a little bit with our audience uh, since we haven't really taken a taken a step back to do that yet. Maybe tell you guys a little bit about ourselves. Exactly. Um, so I, uh, I'm bo- I was born and raised in Miami. Um, I love my hometown. Uh, I'm an attorney by trade. I, uh, I, I, I went to high school down here in Miami. I went to college up at UF and law school at Vanderbilt. Uh, and I came back after after uh, attending law school to, to kind of, you know, stake it out here in Miami. Nick, you want to share some background about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I'm a software engineer by trade. Um, I work at a local startup here in Miami. I'm also born and raised here. Um, Paul and I went to high school together at, at South Miami, and then we went to we were roommates at uf for a while and then we went our separate ways after college and then we both ended up back here and uh got to talking about what the heck made miami what it is how did miami get here and how neither of us really had any idea how miami got here and uh yeah, so I mean, Nick and I, I think ever ever since high school, we both have always been very interested in in kind of figuring out like what what this city was and 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 what makes it tick and you know what we could do to kind of give back in in whatever way. And we really had no idea what form that was going to take. And it was, really wasn't until we got back um, after both of us sort of went our separate ways and traveled the world and lived in different places, we got back here. Um, I'd say probably around 2015, 2016, around that time, and looked around and said, man, we felt like we knew more about the places we'd been to than the places we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this like kind of moment when we realized, okay, I think f- the first step is to learn, actually learn the history of Miami for ourselves and see um, how this place got to be what it is. I mean... In our mind, I know Seth, I'll let Nick speak for himself, but in my mind, there's, the history of Miami went back as far as the 80s and like the cocaine cowboys. And then there was something about maybe Flagler and Julia Tuttle, um, you know, at some point in the distant history that I had no clue how that was connected to anything, um, you know, uh, uh, nowadays. So, so I mean, I, didn't you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, t- totally. I mean... So I moved to Chicago after college, and um, I really liked Chicago a lot. And in Chicago, like everybody, like knows at least some of the history. You know, they can point. You know, you'll be walking down the street, and like whoever you're walking with will just say like, "Oh, that's where Dillinger was shot," or like, "That's where the Chicago World's Fair took place." And um, like I. I felt like a, a lot of connection to Chicago in a way I didn't actually feel a whole lot growing up to Miami. Um, and after sort of like growing up and coming back here 
after having been away and having a different perspective, um, I really felt like a part of the reason for that was um, just that I, I didn't know the history and a bunch of other people don't know the history also, um, at least in my world and, you know, my, my peers. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and so it, it, what we realized, I think, as we kind of talked about this and, and um, you know, developed our quote-unquote thesis um, is that the lack of a connection to understanding the history of, of our community really dovetails with a lot of the issues in our community. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not like it's, there's no one thing, right, that you could put your finger on and say, okay, this is why Miami has all the problems it has. But I think one of the things that we touched upon and that we're trying to sort of do our, do our part um, uh, to alleviate through this project is, is the fact that when you don't have a sense of identity that's tied into your community, when you don't have roots built into the community, um, you don't have a sense of ownership. And so you tend to either care less or um, you just want to up and leave at the first sign of trouble or you just don't put a lot of effort into trying to improve the place you live in, you know? So we felt like one of the things that we could help, you know, is, is, is spread a little bit of, I guess, knowledge about the history of Miami in a format that was very um, easily digestible by, you know, millennials such as ourselves through a podcast. Um, And, and really to help people just kind of understand, you know, what what makes this place tick and, and where, how their hometown got here. Because what we realized as we started delving into the history is it's so interesting and it goes so far back and mm-hmm. it tells us so much about ourselves and who we still are to this day. I mean, it's it's crazy how we read the stories and, and it's just like, wow, this guy could be a Miami today, <laughs> you know, or wow, you know, the Tequesta, we're dealing with problems that we're dealing with Mosquitoes. now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it, it, it's definitely, I walk around Miami with a complete new, you know, appreciation for it. And I'm looking around and it's like I'm seeing a, a, a way different city than I grew up in. Because I just, I feel like I can, you know, like you were saying, I can point to that spot and say, okay, this is where Flagler's train used to come in. Or right. this is where the Tequesta used to like fish for, for you know, for their food or, 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 or whatever the case may be. I mean, do you? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Um... I think that that. I think this is a good time to talk about maybe some of the problems that we've identified with Miami. I, I, I know that like some of my feelings about Miami, especially the way I felt growing up, um, I know a lot of people can relate to it. At the same time, I know that um, basically like people have varying opinions about it. Um, but yeah, like w- so like when I was growing up, basically I was... I wasn't super happy here um I felt very disconnected um and I ended up moving away um and you know like when I went to Chicago it just seemed like it had like everything that Miami was missing but since I've come back first of all I've learned that Whereas, like, I used to sort of feel like I was alone, feeling, you know, feeling the way I did. Almost everybody I talked to, like, 
after coming back, like, recognizes a lot of the same things, you know, like, basically that, like, Miami could... Miami has um, a long way to go, basically. And what's exciting to me coming back is that, like, I'm seeing it happen. And I'm seeing it happen, like, extremely fast. And it's kind of exciting and amazing to me. And I don't mean to cut you off, but... Yeah, go ahead. I'm losing my train of thought here. Well... That sort of uh, uh, reminds me of something I, I often tell people because it feels like one of the favorite pastimes in Miami is complaining about Miami. Right. And and I think you and me are, are a good team because I think we come at it from two different ways, whereas traditionally, and I think we've kind of met more so in the middle more recently, but I think traditionally you've always been um, um, you know, an identifier <laughs> of all the issues with Miami. Right. And I've been a a staunch defender of Miami. Right. Um, and I think we forced each other to recognize the truth in each other's arguments. And right. and I've I've come to admit all the issues and problems that we've had. And I think you've come to see the endearing qualities and redeeming qualities that Miami has. Well, so one of the, like there's a couple of major revelations I've had. Um largely through this project, one is that Miami is just a super young city. Like, when I go to Chicago, that place has been around for, um, like, five or six more decades than Miami has. It's gone through many more cycles. Each neighborhood has gone through many more cycles of, um, you know, different groups moving in and moving out and leaving their mark um, on the neighborhood. Um, And then another... You know, another issue, of course, that that I understand now, but I didn't understand when I was younger, is that, um, you know, the population in Miami has gone through all these, like, tremendous, tremendous changes. Um, There's a large transient population, but then there's also, like, a huge part of the population that's that's basically new. And, um, you know, you're a a first-generation American, right? Right. Um, you know, and, and that's a story that's shared by many, many, many Miamians. And, um, you know, one thing I've come to appreciate is like, if you're not from here, you know, you weren't, you weren't around for the history that happened before that. And that history, like, might not be the history you identify with the most. You might identify more with the history of wherever your home was, where you came from, um, you know, so, so, you know, moving to a new place and trying to learn what happened there, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 years before that, you know, is probably not something that, you know, most people are super, you know, super interested in or going to do. But what I've seen in you and a lot of our peers, people we grew up with is people who are, you know, first generation Miamians, um, grew up here and are feeling, you know, like, like they're missing something and, and want to understand our surroundings a little more. Um, so I know like you and you and I talked about it and we were like, man, we both feel this way. And I think we both talked to our various friends and we're like, Oh, like a bunch of people feel this way. Like we should make a podcast. And, 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 but here's, and here's the funny part that I'll point out is the fact that you and me both felt like we didn't know the history of our, of our home. I'm a first-generation American. You're a third-generation Miamian. Yeah. So there's this weird thing going on where 
What you just said is absolutely true. I think it's something like 50% of people in Miami were born in, a, in another country. Okay. So automatically, you're, you know, and I can speak from the Cuban experience for sure. The, you know, Cubans have been coming here since the 60s, but it's always like one foot in Cuba and one foot in the U.S. You have family back home. You're, you're in, intertwined into the politics and of Cuba and, and how the American, how American politics interacts with Cuba. I mean, you have, you're so close to Cuba and you're so closely tied to Cuba for so many reasons that it, it, you almost haven't, it's almost like you have two homes. Um, and then for a lot of other immigrants, it's the immigrant experience is, is hustle. It's trying to survive. It's literally trying to set up the next generation to be able to live the American dream. So you don't have time to be honest, to like sit down and, 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 and do all these great, nice things that you and me as, you know, a uh, uh, middle-class yeah. millennials have the, the, the luxury of doing, of becoming more engaged with the community and, and all that stuff. So I just wanted to add to your point about sort of the immigrant population here, um, making, causing some friction and, 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 and not even in a bad way. It's just because of the way, the reality of it, 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 it causes some friction between, um, you know, with, with learning about the history and setting up roots. And I think, like you were saying, it's up to the second generation that is born and raised here that is able to live out that dream. They go to college, they get good jobs and they, you know, they don't have to work two jobs to just to survive that can, has the luxury, the time to, you know, take in the history and the, and the culture and, and the community and, and really dig roots, start digging roots. Right. Now, the flip side that I was going to mention is the fact that you are a third generation Miami and I think what your great grandfather came down here. Yeah. My great grandfather brought his family down here from Indiana um, just before the 1926 hurricane, so really good timing. Right. So my granddad <laughs> was like a, a he was like four or five years old or something. Right. Um, when when they moved down here, um, my family's actually sort of been in and out of Miami since then, but um, like my dad didn't exactly grow up here, but uh, I totally did, and um, you know my family has a lot of. Yeah, we have a well, lot. Well, there's of, a lot of history here for you guys, yeah, but yeah. you were almost just as lost as I was. And yeah, I, think, I was I like think, equally lost. And I think basically. I think part of the reason is that something that you mentioned earlier is the fact that Miami's undergone so many rapid changes. It's crazy. Miami is a crazy city. Not only is it super young, right? They call it, it's called the Magic City because of how quickly it just like came out of nowhere and turned into like this, you know, metropolis, metropolis you know, tropical paradise that that people flock to. But on top of the fact that it's you know, just 122 years old and is now compared with basically the Chicago's, New York's, LA's of, of the country, right? It's right up there. It's also undergone these crazy rapid changes. Like the face of Miami itself yeah. has changed several times throughout that very short history right. in a way that, you know, the, we might have undergone as many changes to our face, quote unquote, as like New York or Chicago has right. in their history, right. right? And it's just, it happens, I guess, a little slower for them than, it's ha than it has for us. Right, right, right. I mean, the Miami of the 1900s was way different than the Miami of the 1920s. It was way different than the Miami of the 1950s. Right. I mean, in a radically different way. Right. So I think your disconnect comes from the fact that, you know, you're, you come from old Miami, that to a large extent, people today don't even realize existed. Like, Right. No one thinks of Miami as being, you know, a white southern town. But that's what right. it was at right. one point. A white southern town. By the way, Nick is white. <laughs> In case that wasn't clear. Um, uh, uh, I'm so, not southern, though. I'm from Miami. Right, right. 
but I mean, it's so it's it's almost like on top of the fact that not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> on top of the fact that you have this new population that it struggles to 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 dig roots for many reasons. Um, you also have this older population that has seen Miami become so different that it's almost like not even the Miami that they knew or or, or know. Right. So it's 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 this weird dynamic. It's like Miami's. It's a tough place to peg down, you know, and and yeah, if you exactly. if you don't take a step back and try to understand it all, you're you're just you're not gonna get it. It's you're gonna be completely lost. Yeah, and I think you know, like part of part of I think what what frustrated me, what you know, what made me feel frustrated before was like, you know, like what is this place? Like what 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 on earth is going on? Like you walk around and like stuff just seems so crazy, it's so bananas, and like I didn't understand like how it got this way um you know there's no other place on earth that i've ever been that like is anything like this and i just i didn't understand and um and at you know in the past that was like frustrating i was like this doesn't make any sense um but yeah like now i feel like i have a much better understanding of like um the whole the whole magic city thing and the fact that like miami just changes it just like it'll just suddenly change completely um and like it it kind of still is the magic city and you know sort of what i've learned is like that that's awesome and that's amazing and that you know that comes at the cost of sort of like um consistency for one thing <laughs> yeah and and having it be easy for this sort of thing to happen for like the whole for like sort of like the whole community to sort of suffer one uh this fellow we met at the library called it um historical amnesia oh right um right. and for the whole for the whole community to sort of like suffer from that um because of these rapid changes right because miami i feel like miami's a city that's constantly looking forward right and and i don't even mean that in a super you know foofy like idealistic way yeah, a lot it's of not like <laughs> it's not looking forward like looking forward to building a better community it's Boldly just like into the it's like just looking forward to like what are we doing tomorrow night like <laughs> like just whatever like i'm not looking back though that's for sure you know it's like um so we're just always a city that i mean if it's developers if it's you know uh, immigrants if it's people are just looking for the next, you know, what's next? Like, what do we have to do next? Right. Not, let's take a step back and and look behind us and see how we got here. And, right, and there's right. a plenty of different, way different reasons for that. Developers, they don't give a crap because I mean, they're developers. They come in, they build a building, they sell it, and they leave. They don't care. <laughs> the, the the rich tourists, they don't care. They come here, they have a good time, and then they go back home. The immigrants, they're 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 struggling to survive. I mean, Miami's got one of the biggest wealth gaps in the nation. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. Yep. So everybody's on a mission for tomorrow, for whatever tomorrow, you know, whatever it is you gotta do tomorrow, and no one's looking back. So that's one of the things I feel like, you know, is changing for one thing with our generation and and you know, it needs to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is um like all like that 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 rapid change and that frequent change um can, can cause some of these frustrating effects but it's also part of what is so amazing about miami and like i've sort of i've sort of had to like grow up and in order to learn that in order to recognize that um and the other thing that's nice is like you know if we you know if if we do our part if we do stuff like to me, I feel like this project, 
like eliminates a lot of the, the downsides or this sort of thing eliminates a lot of the downsides if if as you know as members of this community we you know we take it upon ourselves to do something to um you know to build like a foundation of knowledge and and something something that the com community members can share with one another um, to understand each other better and to understand this environment better and this place better, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and I think that sort of thing comes naturally with any growing city. Like if you go to New York City, um, this sort of material is basically easy to find because there's, you know, there's so many people there and there have been for so long and, you know, like, you know, eventually somebody makes something like this. So. Right. Um, but Miami's what's so crazy about Miami is it's so young and like there's still so much opportunity to to do something that nobody else has done yet. Um, so right, which is what which is what makes this place so exciting is that it's exactly. still it's, it's opportunity it, 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 and in many ways it's it's an open book and it's there for the taking and it's still Miami's still waiting to be defined. I mean, it, there's so many things that already do define it, but it's still, it's so young that it's waiting for a generation. I feel like a critical mass that's going to be the the, the, the the generation that just grabs it by well, the horns. I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm so excited for the future now. Um, like, I, you heard me say this, but I think that, like, I really think Miami can be, like, the quintessential 21st century city. Um, we have, obviously, enormous challenges especially in the form of like climate change and sea level rise. Um, but like we totally have an opportunity to solve those problems. Um, you know, those are, <clears throat> those are problems that are going to be faced by, um, you know, by a lot of cities around the world. And, you know, we can, we can basically lead in solving those problems. But besides that, like, you know, Miami's continuing to grow. It's continuing to evolve. I really feel like, Miami's going through some sort of crazy cultural renaissance right now. Um, there's like more to do here. There's more to see. There's more, you know, there's more for everybody here than I think there really ever has been before. Right. And, and, I, think, and I think what you mean by that, because I think this is important to point out, is for Miamians. Because this place right, has right. always been like a cultural always. hotbed for the world or not always but at least since like the 80s right right right, right. and it's always been a you know well it's been a playground since day one right it's been since a playground that's since day Flagler one right exactly right it's, exactly. Like, right. it's yeah. always been a place for people from outside of Miami to come have fun right and and more recently in the past 30 40 years it's become a place um you know uh, like a cultural mecca of sorts where where you know look at our Basel has come here and right. and and it's one of the biggest you know, art festivals in the world. Um, but I think what you're saying is, and which I would definitely agree with, is there's now more culture here for Miamians. Culture that doesn't right. pack up and leave. Right, right, right. You know, at the end of the weekend. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, and, and I think that's, I mean, obviously, I think that's great. I, I think that's right. that only bodes well for, for our future, so. And I think that the more, um, the more of, like, these diverse communities that, like, the more time the more basically like the more generations from these very different backgrounds um that have like you know you know built communities and planted roots here and you know created businesses and 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 you know and shared their shared their culture with you know with the rest of the community and stuff 
Um, like already that makes Miami like an amazing place unlike anywhere else on earth. But like what happens in any city is as time goes on, these things like just build and build and build and add more and more character. And like Miami, yeah, to me, it's just, it's, it's on the way to being one of the most interesting, diverse, um, like places full of opportunity. Um, I mean, we already have an accent, which is like, I know that's like, I think that's, that's like an important thing to check off. That's a major milestone. Yeah. I mean, not many places, not many cities have accents, right? I mean, you have the accent. Like, yeah, I don't really have the accent. You have a little bit. I mean, depends on, on, on the context and how how much alcohol you've had to drink. (laughs) You definitely uh, uh, get the accent. Um, I think with that, we've, we've ventured from the past to the future. Um, and giving you guys a pretty good outlook. I mean, is there anything else you you, oh. you you'd like to mention? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've yeah we've pontificated enough, but um, yeah, I think there's like a, some practical stuff uh, that I think some listeners might be interested in. Um, first of all, where have we been? We uh, our last episode was six weeks ago, roughly. Right. Um, and. Mainly where we've been is preparing a speech that Paul delivered uh, for Pioneer Days, which is an annual event held by the city of Coral Gables at Pinewood Cemetery. Um, So we had to prepare that speech, and Paul totally killed it. Um, And, yeah, uh, on that note, there's a variety of things that... Nick likes to do housekeeping, so... Uh, <laughs> well, I think, um, I don't know if, if, if I was, when I listen to podcasts and people talk about their process and stuff, I think that stuff is interesting. Um, so yeah, we have learned a lot in this process. First of all, producing a podcast is hard. Yep. Producing a history podcast to like high standards of quality is super hard um i think we both underestimated at the beginning of this project how much time is involved in doing research and in writing a good episode that hangs together um historical research is very interesting yep it's definitely it's definitely like a a little bit of like detective work and um one of the things that's been funny to me is digging into the records and finding things where like there's no good records and there's investigating that can be done. Like, you know, like we can go like be the historians and like, you know, do the research. Right. Um, there's, there's lots and lots of that stuff um, that's, still, that's still available. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of stones unturned. Um, let's see what else that any intrepid listener could try to uncover themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know more about the Spanish Seminoles, man. Yeah, there's some interesting, super interesting, interesting folk. Let's see. Why did we do this? What's the plan? Every other week. Yeah, I think I want to apologize for not strictly sticking to the every other Saturday. I think our our listeners are forgiving enough. I hope so. Some of them might not be. Some of them might be like, no. (laughs) No. Cannot forgive. 
Um, but yeah, well, I, uh, I think we'll be able to do better next season um, just because we'll have a better understanding of how this works. Basically, we produce like the first nine, eight or nine episodes before we started publishing. Right. And we were like, oh, like the last three or four, like we'll for sure have them ready in time. Right. <laughs> it didn't quite work out that no, way. No, it didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, we're, we're better at it now than we were in the beginning. So hopefully season two will, will be a little smoother. Well, hopefully. I mean, you guys let us know. If you disagree, please... Yeah, we do have a website. It's called storyofmiami.com. Nobody has ever commented. <laughs> yeah. But, but you can feel free to leave a comment on, on any of the episodes there. We'll, we'll be very excited about that. Yep. Um, season two. So we are going to be taking a little bit of time off. And I know that might be scary to hear, but um, we are super committed to this. Um, I'm like super proud of what we've done so far, but I will be super not proud of not finishing it. Um, but it's going to take some time for us to finish this. We, yeah. we've been at this for about two years now since the initial idea came up and we've made it to the second Seminole War. So there's still a long, a long way to go. Um, but we've got the hang of things now. Um, we haven't really had a break in those two years, so um, we're going to take a little bit of time off and sometime in the relatively not too distant <laughs> future we'll, when we've uh, had a little time to recuperate, we'll be picking it back up. And um, yeah, the, the next season I think will be very exciting. We've covered... From the beginning of time, right, <laughs> through millions of years and then thousands of years and then hundreds of years, and now we're at the point where we're sort of we're really slowing down and zooming in. Um, and uh, I think next season, yeah. So next season we'll be covering the Third Seminole War. We'll be covering um, the Civil War. We'll be covering what's his name, Gleason, the guy that. Oh, Gleason. <laughs> Yeah, Gleason's, Gleason's one of these typical Miami guys that <laughs> we still see around today. And a um, typical Miami story. You're going to want to hear about him. Um, and the, the election of, who was it, Rutherford B. Hayes, I think. Yeah, the original Bush v. Gore. Yeah. Because there was a Bush v. Gore before Bush v. Gore. Exactly. But, um, so we're going to do that, and then we're going to talk about Coconut Grove and Lemon yeah. City and Cutler. Some and of our, um, our, our pioneers, our early pioneers. Our pioneers, and then, yeah, and then it won't be too long. Actually, where we've, where we've wrapped up right now, we're only about 50 years away from Flagler and the train. So um, so we're getting close, guys, to the, the big, uh, the big whatever, the big milestone. That's about it. I don't. I don't know if I have anything else here. Well, I, I hope this episode hasn't sucked. <laughs> People like hearing you. Yeah. Talk, well, we so. hope that you guys have enjoyed it, and uh, we certainly had fun sitting here and 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 you know, just talking. Uh, 
even though well, I will say, even though we, we we will be gone for a while, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions, comments, whatever you want to hang and talk about history. We've we've always been uh, more than willing to engage our, our audience. So yeah, yeah, please yeah. feel free to do that. Um, be on the lookout. Um, stay subscribed, and we will let you guys know as soon as we have a release date for season two. We hope you've enjoyed season one so far. And we go. We hope you guys stick around. Yep. And with that, I'm Nick McRae. And I'm Paul Crusette. And we will see you next time. Bye.